Well, good morning. Uh, welcome to you all, those of you who are in person and those of you who are joining us online. One thing I was just thinking that I forgot to mention to you was Serhi was actually one of our pastors at a Nazarene church in Ukraine. So he served as a pastor there. And so we are thankful for your ministry and your calling. God bless you. And I also just wanted to highlight something else for you. I know that many of you serve the Lord and volunteer in so many different ways. And we are so grateful for the many different ways that you serve. And many times, no one knows because it's behind the scenes. And so may the Lord continue to bless you and um, help you in all that you do for him and his kingdom. But one person I just felt I just wanted to highlight today, and this is not because he's more important than anyone else, um, but I'm just so blessed because he often does so many things behind the scenes that no one knows about. Bill Hibbs, would you just stand? Bill, thank you for all that you do. Many of us aren't even aware of some of the things that he takes care of at the church, those that he helps give rides to, and just volunteers in different ways. So thank you, Bill. Thank you for all that you do. Well, a few months back or earlier this year at some point, I preached a message on King Jehoshaphat, and it was called Next in Line. And if you don't remember or you didn't hear those messages, then you can feel free to, to go back and scroll through YouTube if you'd like and find them. There were three messages there. And in 2 Chronicles chapter King Jehoshaphat of Judah had formed an alliance with King Ahab of Israel, and they went into battle together. Now, the battle didn't turn out the way that they had hoped or expected, and it actually left King Ahab wounded, and then later that evening, he died. And then in 2 Chronicles chapter 19, the next chapter over, we see that King Jehoshaphat did his best to do what was right in the eyes of the Lord. He did his best to try to serve the Lord and his people. And um, there were many changes that he tried to implement to help the people turn back to the Lord. And so today we will pick up the story from 2 Chronicles chapter 20. And so we're going to just read parts at a time and see how far we get. And so if you are able to, would you stand and turn to 2 Chronicles chapter 20, starting at verse 1. And we will read uh, verses 1 to 4 to begin. 2 Chronicles chapter 20, starting at verse 1, says this. After this, the armies of the Moabites, Ammonites, and some of the Meunites declared war on Jehoshaphat. Messengers came and told Jehoshaphat, a vast army from Edom is marching against you from beyond the Dead Sea. They are already at Hazazon Tamar. This was another name for En Gedi. Jehoshaphat was terrified by this news and begged the Lord for guidance. He also ordered everyone in Judah to begin fasting. So people from all the towns of Judah came to Jerusalem to seek the Lord's help. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for this day. 
We thank you, Lord, for this time that we can be in your house and share in your word. And Lord, this morning, we pray that you would open up our minds to hear from you, that you would open up our minds and hearts, Lord, to receive whatever message your Holy Spirit has for us. And so, God, may you challenge us to grow in relationship, in knowledge, in wisdom, and understanding of you. And we pray, God, that you indeed would help us as we make those changes necessary in our life to bring honor and glory to you. Bless this time, Lord, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Feel free to be seated. So Jehoshaphat was trying his best as king and leader to rule over all the people. He was trying his best to serve the Lord and to do what was right in the eyes of the Lord. Unlike some of the other kings before him and after him that did what was evil or what they thought was right in their own eyes. So we could say that Jehoshaphat was a, a good king for the most part. He wasn't perfect, but he did his best and he tried his best. And everything seemed to be going well in the land. Everything seemed to be going well and there seemed to be peace amongst the people and the surrounding areas. But unfortunately, messengers came to him one day and he discovered that there was a vast army that was approaching them. A vast army was coming, uh, it comprised of the surrounding nations around them. They were coming to attack Jehoshaphat and his people. You see, this army really had no reason to come against them. They, they really had no reason to come and attack Jehoshaphat, yet a battle was coming. A battle was coming their way, one that they didn't expect and one that they weren't prepared for. But isn't that often how battles come up in our life? Isn't that often how things come against us? We, you know, think everything is going well or everything seems to be going smoothly and then all of a sudden, sometimes out of nowhere, we find out uh, this happened or that happened or our family member is struggling with that or this happened to our home or our vehicle or our job or, or whatever the situation may be. You see, attacks come, and oftentimes we don't expect it, and we're not prepared for them. That's how attacks happen. They come, the circumstances and the situations that arise that we weren't prepared for. And in life, we all face many different battles, different battles at different times in our life, and we go through different seasons as well. There are seasons that we enjoy of blessing and rest and peace. And then there are other seasons that we find ourselves in in life where there's constant struggles, there's trials and tribulations that keep coming up, things that burden us and, and weigh us down. And there are different seasons of life that we go through. And I'm sure that you know exactly what I'm talking about. Sometimes those things can feel like it's just one struggle, one battle after another, after another, after another. And sometimes we face multiple battles at a time. 
Sometimes in life there are multiple things that are coming at us from every direction that we face. And we're bombarded with different battles in life. Some of you are facing battles of sickness and physical limitations. Some of you are facing the battle of depression, anxiety, or some form of mental illness. Some of you are facing battles with financial burdens or marriage issues. Some of you are facing battles with your children or relatives or grandchildren or in-laws. Some of you are facing battles with your job and your job situation and circumstance. Some of you are facing battles that go on in your mind, thoughts that cause you to feel unworthy or unloved or that you're not good enough or that you shouldn't have done that or done this. Some of you are still facing battles because of childhood trauma that you experienced. Some of you are facing battles because of the fact that you saw things or experienced things, whether it be as a child or teenager or adult. Some of you are facing battles that some of us know nothing about, yet we face battles. And that's why we often say to be kind to one another, because we don't know the battle that someone else is facing. We don't know what someone else is going through in the moment. We don't know what has happened in their life. And so we all face battles of different kinds at different times in life. And like Jehoshaphat and his people, we can become overwhelmed with some of these battles. We can become overwhelmed and discouraged when we look around us, when we look at our life, when we look at what's happening and it seems like there's something coming from every side, every angle, every place. This is exactly how Jehoshaphat and his people felt. There were a vast army that was surrounding them on every side. There was an attack that was coming that they knew they would not be able to win on their own. They were surrounded all around them. And there are times in life where it feels like there's just one problem after another, after another, and we just are barely keeping our head above water. Sometimes it can feel, when are we going to experience that time of peace and blessing, right? When are we going to experience that rest that God talks about? When are we going to experience that? Because it can seem so overwhelming and discouraging. The children of Judah were surrounded on all sides by a powerful army. And knowing that the battle was coming, knowing that those uh, soldiers were coming to attack, Jehoshaphat was terrified. That's what the Bible says. He was only human. He was terrified. And sometimes as human beings, we are terrified because we don't know what's going to happen. We don't know the outcome that's going to take place. We don't know if we're going to get through this, if we're going to make it through, if we're going to have enough money by the end of the month, if we're going to still have a job next month, if we're going to be able to do this or make it through that health challenge or that sickness. And it can feel very discouraging. And so knowing that they were coming, what did he do? Well, my response would be gather the strongest men and weapons and get ready to fight, right? That's what the logical thing would be, but that's not what they did. 
Look at what they did. It says, he turned to the Lord for guidance. He turned to the Lord for guidance and ordered everyone in Judah, everyone, not just the adults, not just the teenagers, not just some people. He ordered everyone to begin fasting. Hmm. He ordered them to begin fasting. You see, they knew that they would not be able to fight this battle on their own. They would not be able to fight that size army on their own. And instead of trying, they sought the Lord for guidance. You see, when we face battles, we need to let God fight them for us. And one of the ways that we let God fight our battles is by prayer and fasting. Prayer and fasting. In other words, Jehoshaphat called upon the people to gather together to pray and to fast about the situation. To pray and to seek God and his guidance to help them. And and when I read that, it's easy for someone to think, what? Pray and fast? The army's coming, right? The army's coming and you're busy praying and fasting? How does that make any sense? It doesn't make sense. You need to get ready to fight. You need to get ready for the people that are coming to attack. We don't have time for prayer and fasting. Yet he called upon all the people to pray and fast. You see, my friends, when we are fighting a battle and we need to give it to God, we give it to God by prayer and fasting. Because the battle that we face is not a physical one. The battle that we face is not a physical one. The Bible tells us that the battle that we face is not against flesh and blood. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 12 says, we, for we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. The battle that we face is not a physical one. So then, how does that make sense, right? The army is coming, so it is a physical one. But yet we're told that it's not a physical one. So how does that make sense? Well, I'm going to tell you. We live in a physical world with a spiritual realm that is unseen by human eyes. And there is constantly a battle that is raging. There is constantly attacks that are happening in the spiritual that we don't see here in the physical, but we see the evidence of it manifested by the things that happen on earth. Are you following me so far? So it's a spiritual uh, battle that has earthly effects. And so we need to pray against things that are happening because the root cause of it is a spiritual one. That's what it means that the battle is not flesh and blood because it begins as a spiritual battle and then shows up as evidence in a physical way. And when we pray, we intercede for the needs that are happening. That's why it is so important for prayer. You see, my friends, prayer we talk about all the time is talking to God. 
And yes, that is true. We are talking to God. But do you understand the power and the authority that we have as Christians that God has given us? That when we call upon the name of Jesus, what we are actually doing is calling upon God to release his heavenly armies and to fight on our behalf. That is what we are doing when we pray. When we fast, we are showing God that we are serious because man cannot live by bread alone. When we fast, we are depriving ourselves physical food so that we can fill up our spirits with spiritual food. So God would nourish us and strengthen us. When we fast, we are showing God we are serious about this. When we fast, we are depending upon God. That's what that means. When we fast and we pray, we are letting God fight our battle for us. So the things that happen on earth begin as a spiritual battle in the spiritual realm. That's why the Bible says that whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will what? Be loosed in heaven. Why? Do you understand that verse? Because there is a battle that cannot be seen. And when we pray in the name of Jesus, when we command those things to happen in the name of Jesus, things happen in an unseen realm but have physical earthly consequences and evidence. Your prayers are important. Your prayers are powerful. And this is how we fight. On our knees, my friends. We fight not by weapons, not by human hands, but we fight with the sword of the Spirit. We fight with the armor of God. We fight in the name of Jesus. We fight on our knees. And if you think about the position when you're kneeling, it's a very humble position, right? To, to kneel down before something demonstrates a, a sense of unworthiness, but a sense of reverence for what we kneel for. That's why we're not to kneel before anything else except God. But when we kneel down, it shows that humble, uh, uh, that humble attitude and it shows that dependence upon God. When we call upon the name of the Lord, we are calling upon God's power. We are calling upon his heavenly armies. We are calling upon him to do something. And when we humble ourselves before God, we confess, Lord, I need you. I need you. And when I talk about fasting, keep in mind, I talk about intentional fasting. Not fasting because I didn't have time to eat breakfast, or fasting because I didn't have money for lunch, or fasting because, you know, I, I'm just too busy at work. No, fasting needs to be intentional. It needs to be intentional where we say, I am going to, whether that is skip a meal, whether it's not eat for a day, whatever it is. And I know that there are some people who simply cannot miss meals because of health concerns and health conditions, and that's okay. Because there are other things that you can fast from, right? Whether it be from coffee, or whether it be from a food that you really enjoy having, you can fast from social media. 
You can fast from watching television. You can fast from a lot of different things. The idea is that we are giving up something that is meaningful to us. If I don't drink coffee, which I don't, and I say, I'm going to fast from coffee, it's not really a sacrifice, right? But when we truly give up something that is of worth and meaningful to us, we show God that we are serious. Unfortunately, in our world today, there are so many things that the devil throws at us. So many attacks that come our way and the way of our family for him to discourage us. And his ultimate goal and purpose is to turn us away from God and to turn us away from the church. That is his intention. And my friends, although we face personal battles, we cannot forget the battles that are going on in the world around us. We cannot forget what is happening around us in our world because we can easily become stuck in our little bubble and, and just focused on our own need that we forget about the things happening around us. And it is important for us to pray and to intercede on the behalf of so many. There are battles that are happening in our world. Pray and fast for those things. The invasion that is happening in Ukraine. We need to pray and we need to fast. The repression that is happening in Iran. We need to pray and we need to fast. For families that are affected by droughts and famines and, and those who don't know where their next meal is going to come from. My friends, we need to pray and we need to fast. For people who have lost their homes and been displaced, we need to pray and we need to fast. For our fellow Christians who are being persecuted, we need to pray and we need to fast. For the various viruses and sicknesses that are around us, we need to pray and we need to fast. We need to pray and fast against anger and violence that is leading to innocent lives being taken away. We need to pray and fast about some of the teachings that are happening in our world that are causing our children and our grandchildren to be so confused. We need to pray and fast because there are people that are dying every single day who've never heard the name of Jesus. We need to pray and we need to fast. My friends, the battle that we face is not against flesh and blood, but it is against the unseen realm, the spiritual realm, because it starts there and then we see evidence here on earth. And we need to pray and fast. We need to fight together as the army of God. Jehoshaphat called upon the people of Judah to gather together every person, which was children, which was teenagers, women, men, every single person who was there was to gather together to pray because this is a battle we all need to fight against. We are the family of God. We are the soldiers of the Lord, and we need to go to him in prayer. I'm so grateful that every Saturday morning from 9 a.m. to 12 noon, Brother Ernie Hall leads our time of prayer and fasting. And many of you join in to pray for the different needs. But I want to encourage more of you to join in. I want to encourage more of you to call in. And whether you even
even just listen. You don't have to pray if you don't want to out loud, but whether you just listen as believers, we need to come into agreement with each other and pray together. Just come, even if it's for a half an hour, an hour, whatever you can give. The details are in the newsletter, but I believe that when we truly pray and we fast together as the body of Christ, things happen. Things happen. So the enemy was coming towards them. The, the uh, surrounding armies, they were coming towards Jehoshaphat and the people to attack. And Jehoshaphat went straight to the Lord for guidance. He saw that they were not capable of fighting such an army. And so the people gathered for prayer and fasting. The scripture continues in verse 5. It says, Jehoshaphat stood before the community of Judah and Jerusalem in front of the new courtyard at the temple of the Lord. He prayed, O Lord, God of our ancestors, you alone are God who is in heaven. You are ruler of all the kingdoms of the earth. You are powerful and mighty. No one can stand against you. Oh God, did you not drive out those who lived in this land when your people, uh, Israel, arrived? And did you not give this land forever to your descendants of your friend Abraham? Your people settled here and built this temple to honor your name. They said, whenever we are faced with any calamity, such as war, famine, or plague, we can come and stand in your presence before this temple where your name is honored. We can cry out to you to save us, and you will hear us and rescue us. You see, notice that while Jehoshaphat was praying, because that was his prayer, that's what Jehoshaphat prayed. While he was praying, he was reminding himself and the people, first of all, of who God is, and second of all, of the promises that God had made to them. My friends, let God fight your battles by reminding yourself of who he is and what he has promised. Remind yourself of who he is and what he has promised. Because it is so easy to get overwhelmed by our circumstances, we need to encourage ourselves in the Lord and remind ourselves that we do not face this alone. But the God who is in heaven, the one who is and was and forever will be, the one who is the King of kings and the Lord of lords, is with me fighting on my behalf. When we remind ourselves of who we serve, then we can know that we don't have to fight because God fights for us. We can remind ourselves of who he is. Remind yourself of who God is, the creator and the maker and sustainer of the universe. We can remind ourselves of who God is and what he has promised because over and over and over in God's word, he promises us stuff. He promises. And you know what? When I pray, 
And, and I want to encourage you to do this. I declare those promises over my life. I declare those promises over my family because if God said it, then I receive it. And it's time that we start declaring those promises. It's time that we start speaking them and saying, God, you are not a man that you should lie and your word will not return void. And I claim that in the name of Jesus. I claim that healing. I claim that chains will be broken. I claim that people will see Jesus. I claim that in the name of Jesus. You see, my friends, it's time that we stop praying some 10-cent prayers and expecting $100 results. It's time that we get serious and call upon the one who is able when we pray, we must pray acknowledging who we are praying to. Because we know that God is king and he is sovereign and he is majestic, yet he calls us friend. And even though we have that relationship with God as friend, we still need to recognize who he is as king over our life, that sovereign place. God tells us that we do not have to fear you have seen God's power. You have seen God's authority. You have seen his provision over and over in your life. So remind yourself of it. Remind yourself of his promises in his word. In Psalm 91, God promises this at the end. The Lord says in verse 14, I will rescue those who love me. I will protect those who trust in my name. Listen to this. They will call upon me and I will answer. I will be with them in trouble. I will rescue and honor them. I will reward them with long life and give them my salvation. That is a promise that God makes to us. And we need to claim those promises. Remind yourself. We need to strengthen ourselves and encourage ourselves in the Lord. There is a beautiful song I recently heard called I Know, and this is what part of it says. It says, I know, and this is talking about God, that you are good. I know that you are kind. I know that you are so much more than what I leave behind. I know that I am loved. I know that I am safe because even in the fire, to live is Christ, to die is gain. Encourage yourself in the Lord to remind yourself of who he is and because of who he is, we can remind ourselves of who we are in him. The Bible commentary says, Jehoshaphat prayed. His prayer had several essential ingredients. The Bible commentary writes this. Number one, he committed the situation to God, acknowledging that only God could save the nation. Number two, he sought God's favor because his people were God's people. Number three, he acknowledged God's sovereignty over the current situation. Number four, he praised God's glory and took comfort in his promises. And number five, he professed complete dependence on God, not himself for deliverance. You see, my friends, today God is reminding us to let him fight our battles.
God is reminding us that we too often try to do things ourselves to help him out. That we try to take matters into our own hands. And oftentimes when we try to do that without going to God first, we end up making more of a mess of the situation than before. Right? God wants us to let him fight our battles for us. I have six points today, but we'll stop at this one. Remember, let God fight your battles by praying and fasting and by reminding yourself of who God is and what he has promised. Today, I believe that as we close, many of you, many of us, myself included, we need to gather at the altars, spaced out, of course, appropriately. And as Jehoshaphat and the people gathered together, praying and fasting on behalf, there are so many needs, whether personal or in our world, that we need to pray for. And I want to encourage you that as we sing this closing song, come and let us gather and pray together as the body of Christ, because we are fighting this battle together as the army of God, giving it to him and knowing that it is because of him that we have the victory. We can trust the Lord because he is the undefeated champion. And when he stands, that is it. We know that giants fall when the Lord speaks and when he stands on our behalf. He is our champion indeed. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for who you are. We thank you, Lord, for what we can learn from Jehoshaphat and from his leadership and his people. And we pray that, Lord, you would help us. You know the many different battles that each one faces, whether it be personal circumstances, whether it be the burden that you have placed on their heart for different individuals in their family, community, in the world. And we pray that, Father, you would indeed release your heavenly armies. We pray, Father, that you would do what you do best, and that is have victory in every circumstance and every situation. We thank you for the fact that you are so powerful, you are so mighty, and you are more than able to handle all of the things that concern us today, tomorrow, and forever. And so God, we thank you for who you are. May you help us to take seriously praying and fasting and interceding on behalf of our own needs and family needs and our world. We pray that you would help us to give you our battles, that you would help us to let you fight for us because we remind ourselves of who you are. We remind ourselves of who we are in Christ and we remind ourselves, God, of your promises over and over again. And we thank you, Lord, that one of the greatest promises that you have made aside from salvation is that we are not alone, that you are with us and that you will never leave us. And so God, we pray that you would fill us once again, that your Holy Spirit would move in the lives of your people, that you would help us to get serious because we know that your word says, Lord, that prayer changes things. And so we call upon the name of Jesus because it is the name that has power like no other. 
we call upon the name of Jesus and we desire to see change in our world. We desire, Lord, to see strongholds broken and lives healed. We desire to see transformation happen. We desire, Lord, to see miracles in Jesus' name. Lord, help your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Have your way, God, because we're ready. We're ready to see you fight. We're ready to stand still and see your salvation and your deliverance. We are ready to be still and know that you are God. So come, Lord, and have your way. In the powerful name of your son, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen.